Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin. I'm on the phone with Brian. And today we'll be talking about the 2019 horror film Mercy Black, directed by Owen Egerton and starring Daniela, Daniela Panetta, Austin Emilio, and L. Lamont. This is a story about a woman who returns home after 15 years in a psychiatric ward and is still haunted by the events that brought her there. Um, Brian, I was wondering if in this episode we should even talk about the movie or just spend the whole episode talking about uh, Daniela Panetta, <laughs> the, the actress in this one. Why? Are, are you into Daniela? I mean, did, did you see this movie? Like, that's, that's the only thing I saw in this whole movie was, was a <laughs> Daniela. She's a, did, did you recognize her from anything? I did not. No, did you? Yeah, she was in uh, Jurassic World, uh, or the, the sequel that came out. Um, Fallen which I Kingdom. Feel, yeah, exactly. Which, uh, shout out to our friend Elliot. I think that's one of his favorite movies of the last uh, year or two. Uh, <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, the last time I saw a movie and thought of Elliot was uh, when I saw Mission Impossible. I think it's Fallout, like the last one. Oh, it, yeah. Seems like another movie he would think was awesome. You know, yeah, he actually was on my case about going to see that, which is supposed to be a pretty good movie, right? That last Mission it, Impossible? I mean, it was ridiculous and silly at parts, but it was very entertaining. I loved yeah. my time watching it. Wow, yeah, the I need to get around and I were see laughing that. in the theater, and it was great. Oh, my God. And it wasn't like the ironic, like, this is so bad we're laughing at it. It was actually good. There was a weird mix of some of that and some, like, this is genuinely good. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to get strange, out and see that. Strange and wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to. I'll, yeah, we'll have to ask Elliot. I, mean, I think he probably had a similar experience. Yeah, but um, uh, Daniela is also in Vampire Diaries. I think. Oh yeah, you're right. Some she horror is. fans might might know her from there. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, she's um, a comedian too. Um, but I don't know. I, I just thought um, she she was kind of amazing to watch on screen on this one. Um, she did well. Yeah, given given the premise of. Everything that else, everything that was going on here, yeah. So yeah, I feel like this movie had a lot of buzz around it because it was dropped as a surprise on a Netflix. And uh, this guy Owen Egerton, or Egerton, he uh, I guess is an author and he's done a few other movies. Were you familiar with him at all? No, I was not. I had heard of Bloodfest last year, which he directed. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of buzz around that, but I wasn't familiar with him as a novelist or a or. At all, even as a director, just familiar with that one movie he did. How about you? Yeah, I hadn't heard of him at all. I mean, his name looked familiar, but yeah, looking at his work, none of it sounded familiar. Bloodfest, I'm surprised you heard about that one, because I, I totally missed it, but it sounds like it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested in watching that one. Me too. Me too. It sounds like it's a good mix of horror and comedy. Yeah. And yeah, like when you mentioned buzz around this, there there wasn't much buzz as it was coming. It just appeared on Netflix out of nowhere. Yeah. So there was a little bit of a, hey, Bloomhouse, which is a studio that's made a ton of horror movies, uh, yeah. just dropped this movie all of a sudden on Netflix. So yeah, was a little bit of like, oh, okay. And yeah. then that was like the last I heard of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, most of the headlines were just around how big of a surprise it was, like the way they released it without any buildup or announcement. It was just suddenly put on a Netflix. But um, I think that's kind of where it all died down to. You're right. Yeah, like I think it dropped, what was it, like March 31st or something on Netflix? And as mm-hmm. we're recording this, it's, what is it, like April 10th today or something like that? Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I just, there were a couple articles like, hey, it's out there. And then that was it. Yeah, <laughs> that was the end. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and I think on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it doesn't have that great of reviews. I think what it's at, 29, 30%? Uh, it was something pretty low. I forgot to write it down. Right. Yeah, so I'd, I'd be curious to see his other works. Um, just given, it, it, I, I thought with like the the big surprise and everything, people were making a big deal that I was Owen Egerton, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at his, some of his other work to see what he's made of. Um, and yeah, so for our listeners who, I think most of our listeners probably at least know the name Bloomhouse, but they did Insidious, Happy Death Day, Get Out, The Purge, Creep, Paranormal Activity, The New Halloween. And they did mm-hmm. Black Klansman, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that. That's Because, yeah, I mean, they're mostly horror films, right? For the most part, yeah, but it looks like they're starting to branch out. I feel like there was one other film they did that wasn't horror, but now I can't remember. Yeah. And and they weren't, uh, they didn't do Us, right? I think they did do Us, but I think it was, like, co-produced with Jordan Peele's Oh, production company Monkey Paw, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, don't don't quote me on any of that, though. Okay, we're not recording this, right? <laughs> no, no. Luckily, no one will ever hear any of this. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. W- what do you think of uh, Bloomhouse in in general? Like, do you feel like they're uh, a legit studio compared to like the other big horror ones out there? I mean, they are. They're it to me. Who else is? Who uh, else is making this many movies? I mean, I, I... um. Well, there's Michael Bay's, like, Platinum Dunes. Don't they specialize in horror movies? Uh, maybe. I was thinking more like A24. Oh, um, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and, and I feel like A24 films uh, have a bit more depth than, than the ones uh, put out by these guys. They may be um, a bit more artsy in their reputation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and these guys, uh, yeah, you're right, they did, like, uh, Insidious. I think they did The Conjuring. I feel like they have uh, a certain style to them where, like, it's going to be a mix of pop-out scares and uh, whereas A24, I feel like it's, it's more heavy and less uh, reliant on pop-out scares. Yeah, yep. And I think you and I both maybe enjoy, I'm not all about pop-out sp- scares, but I certainly yeah. don't mind like a Conjuring-type movie that yeah. blends them in with something more. I agree. I agree. They, I, I, I kind of, that was one thing about this movie, like it was nice to have some of those because it's been a while since we've seen a movie that had some good pop-up scares in it. This movie was all jump scares, man. <laughs> it's like pretty ridiculous yeah. how many jump scares there were and how it was basically just the backbone of this movie is is jump scares. <laughs> jump scare to jump scare. That's basically the plot line. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I agree, but I, there is some depth uh, with this movie. So it's it's based on uh, like loosely based on uh, some true stories, right? And like whatever spawned the whole Slenderman film, which is you know some kids back in the day who uh, you know murdered someone based on um, you know doing it for uh, or like being told to do that. That was the whole plot for Slenderman, I guess. Um, well, Slenderman is an existing ghost, I guess. Not a ghost. It's technically called a creepypasta, and creepypastas are things on the internet which are just kind of like urban legends that emerge on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what Slenderman is. It's like one of the most notable. And the movie is essentially about that character that was invented on the internet. Got it. The movie yep. Slenderman does not does not touch on the real-life events where two young girls stab their friends, their yeah. friend, 
multiple times to as an offering to Slender Man. Sure. I think it was like two 13-year-old girls, and I want to say it was like 2013 or something, but I yeah. can't remember exactly when it happened. 2014, Wisconsin. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, this I think this movie kind of goes where Slender Man could not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think that's kind of in bad taste? This was only five years ago, and they're yeah, yeah. making a jump scare heavy fictional movie about it. Right on. Like a, it's on not a real even event. a true crime thing. It's like fiction mm-hmm. based on the actual event. It does seem a little too soon. Um, I, I mean, I, I like it, it. Maybe it's serving as like a precautionary. Like this is a real thing going on, and these are things like we need to be aware of. And people are like interpreting the stuff. It's going viral, and then you know it's being carried out. I, I think that's kind of what the message was of of this movie. But I, I I agree, it is like a pretty fresh killing, and maybe they didn't do it in the most tasteful way, given this just happened. Right. Oh, and I should clarify. Maybe this is what you were saying, but there is a movie. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Slenderman colon something else that is a documentary about the stabbing. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. I then there's seen also it. the fictional horror movie Slender Man that came out last year. Did you see that? I did not. I haven't seen either of those, although the Slender Man character really perks my interest. Yeah, I just thought it was about some really thin guy. I, well, I guess that's thinner too, right? We're also both short, so we have probably have a long history of being, being intimidated by tall people. <laughs> yeah, that is a big fear. <laughs> tall, skinny people. <laughs> exactly. Hey, did... Did you say these movies are called pasta? Uh, or what? Would you? What's what was that genre you said? Creepy pastas. Um, creepy pastas. I don't completely understand, but creepy pastas is a term for. My understanding is it's a term for urban legends that originate on the internet. Damn. Okay. Not necessarily urban legends, but anything creepy that yeah. just comes out of nowhere essentially on the internet kind of like this movie yeah <laughs> came, came, came out, out of nowhere, of nowhere onto the internet. <laughs> um yeah. do you think that this that has anything to do with Bloomhouse releasing this a little bit under the radar yeah they, if, if they're like trying to um yeah kind of be meta about it or or well my question would be if they're trying to avoid bad press oh. by saying they don't want anybody to be like, hey, you maybe shouldn't have made this movie yeah. about this horrible crime and fictionalized it based it on a different character called Mercy Black that's basically a stand-in for Slender Man. Yeah. Also, right. well, yeah. W- what do you think? Do you think that had anything to do with it? With with their low PR efforts here? Yeah, no promotion at all. I don't know. I, I just think, like, why even uh, do the film then, like, if you're not going to promote it? Um, but I, I don't know. Did, do you know if, if when Slenderman came out last summer, if there was any pushback on the content? I don't know that there was pushback on the content. No. I don't think then, there was. Yeah, then I wonder if, like, if Slenderman got away with it. And I, and I get what you're saying, like, this is more direct and more uh, tied to, like, the parallel of, of what happened in real life. But maybe they kind of saw that as a green light. And, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they didn't want to, like, over-promote it and draw, like, too much attention to it, but just kind of snuck it down on their radar, uh, just testing out to see what happens, maybe. And also, this it's interesting to just think about these production companies as a business. Like, 
this is part of your business portfolio. It's probably a movie you didn't spend a lot of money on and mm-hmm. you aren't willing to spend a lot of money on to promote. Yep. Because you wouldn't get it back, maybe. Like, especially right. if it's a movie you don't think is that good or doesn't have any big names. Yeah. There could be yeah. a lot of things that affect that decision, but I would just love to be a fly on the wall for the whole process. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure uh, Owen isn't too happy about the lack of promotion going on for it. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, it's a Bloomhouse movie, and he's... I'm sure that's a big deal for any director to be directing a Bloomhouse movie. Yeah, or for any uh, Daniela. I think that's a big deal. Yeah, for anybody to be directing Daniela. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. You got a crush, buddy. A little bit, a little bit. I'll, following up on it this week, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually looking into the co-star, Elle Lamont, who plays oh. her sister on IMDb, and she has a bunch of sexy-ish photos on IMDb. Yeah, I think she's also like a model, right? It, oh, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I mean, th- that's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm following her on Instagram, too. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, it was, it was a pretty uh, low cast here, like, in, in terms of headcounts, but, um, and, and no one, obviously, who's, like, huge or anything, but, yeah, I think... Janine Garofalo is huge. Oh, yeah, I saw people were impressed by her. What else has she been in? She was in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, okay. Ratatouille. Yeah, now I can kind of place her. Yeah, sure. I feel like she was in '90s movies. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I saw a lot of comments like, "Oh, I can't believe uh, she's in this," but you know, maybe she got her role is kind of voiced in this one. So it sounds like she probably had the most star power in that cast. Yeah, and she did a. She. I don't think the acting in this movie was bad at all. No, no, it was, it was intimate. It was. It was pretty good. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go on another rant back to this topic of, is this in bad taste to make this movie? Sure. I noticed on Netflix it was rated TV 14. Oh, really? Yeah, which is surprising to me because it was pretty violent. There were slit throats, fingers cut off, a kid tries to hang another kid. Yeah. And it's also saying, by calling it TV 14, like, hey, if you're one to two years older than the girls who tried to kill their friend as an offering to a fictitious character, then you're cool to yeah. watch this movie. Yeah, that's pretty dark. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, I am too. Why doesn't it? Why didn't it get like a proper MPAA rating? Is that like a normal thing with Netflix, where they just assign these ages? Does Netflix? Have I its don't own know rate? how Netflix decides what to rate. Yeah. their movies. I think maybe if it has zero theatrical release, they rate it. Based on the TV ratings, sure. There may be some legal requirements there too. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm surprised, and I I feel like there's you almost see a breast in this one too, so that even makes me more curious how it got that rating. You know, that's my theory. If there, that's what kind of pisses me off. Just like our country's relationship with violence versus sexuality. Like, <laughs> yeah. Had there been a single boob in this movie, yeah, immediate R. Yeah, but you can watch. Kids cutting other kids' fingers off and hanging right. each other, and yeah, no, throats get slit. Up. Yeah, it kind of pisses me off. Like maybe this is the dad in me talking. But. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to. I don't think a kid should be watching this movie. It's a pretty adult themes, and given like how realistic it is to true events, like it's pretty disturbing. Yeah, and granted, I mean, if your kid is fourteen. 14 is kind of old, but there are a lot of people who let younger kids watch a TV 14, but not an R. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was watching PG-13 when when you're like 8 or 9, right? Right. Yeah. 
gotta subtract. I feel, it from I feel that's especially prominent with horror fans. Yeah, that's how we got to this point. Just watching <laughs> shit they really shouldn't have been watching when yeah. they were seven. <laughs> Early life trauma through uh, seeing movies you weren't supposed to see. Mm-hmm. That's that's how you make a horror fan. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any any other interesting background on this? Or anything else catch your eye about this? That's all I have other than the fact that in Strongsville, shortly after the Slenderman stabbing incident in Wisconsin, a young girl tried to stab her mother, and they found out that that girl had referenced Slenderman in some of her writings. Wow. I got to look into the Slenderman thing. I I had no idea it was like that big of a deal. How many people do you think it's killed? I don't think any people. I, I believe that the girl who was stabbed by her friends survived. Oh, I see. Okay. But, yeah, there was a little bit of a wave of Slender Man stuff happening. Yeah. Pretty messed up. Yeah, damn. That, that kind of makes this movie a lot more scary, I guess, knowing how real it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, uh, nice nice uh, connection to our home state there. Glad uh, Ohio isn't uh, invincible or, or protected from this stuff. It all, it all gets there. <laughs> Um, all right, let's let's take a quick break. Uh, there's something I forgot to do earlier, um, so I'm going to go take care of it, and then uh, we'll come back and dive into the plot in our review. It sounds good, buddy. All right, Brian, I'm back. Cool, man. Uh, you got your thing done? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to get this promotion at work, um, and someone told me if you make a sacrifice, it increases your chances, so I just had to stop by the neighbors really quick and um, do a, a thing or two to them. But <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to tomorrow. I feel like that meeting is going to go really well with my boss. I love how we were, like lampooning this movie for <laughs> making fun of real life trauma <laughs> yeah. I'm tying it to Ohio with another trauma and yeah. you're murdering your neighbors <laughs> for a promotion though I mean that, that's serious come on that's different yeah <laughs> and I assume you're all adults yeah yeah exactly <laughs> the, you're assuming the neighbors and adults yeah oh uh, okay <laughs> yeah let's let's stick with that I I also just realized the other day that in our uh, Us episode, you referenced choking, that you had choked kids. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I even catch it during the episode. I yeah, walked right by it. I was surprised with how cool you we were about the fact that... Yeah, man, you're kind of I felt a lot better when you didn't react to that. I was like, oh, well, I guess it is normal to choke kids. <laughs> Brian must be doing it too. Yeah, I know. It's not just me. I was scared to say something, but I guess it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm glad we have the support group for each other. Um, so, all right. So diving into the plot here, uh, the movie starts off where we see uh, three girls walking into the woods and um, there's some quick like snaps of something violent going down. You don't really get a clear picture of it. And the next thing you know, uh, one of the girls, Marina, is in a psychiatric ward and they're asking her what happened and she's really just not responding at all. So then we're thrown into present day where Marina is all grown up and she's now Daniela Daniela Pineda, uh, which is great. And uh, she's being released from uh, a psychiatric ward that she's been in for 15 years now. Uh, So she was the girl from the beginning. She'd gone into the woods and apparently 
what had happened is that these three girls went into the woods to make a sacrifice to this fictional spirit named Mercy Black. And the idea is like if you make a sacrifice to her, then uh, Mercy Black protects you from pain. Um, I, and it, but it requires you to kill someone. Um, I, I think that that's all I understood from the Mercy Black thing. I mean, did you understand more of what, what you're supposed to do or what the benefits were? No, that's it. You make a sacrifice and she takes your pain away. She takes your pain away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so now Marina is getting released from the, the psychiatric ward and she's picked up by her sister. They go home and she meets her nephew, Bryce, who's, you know, your typical horror movie uh, young kid uh, who's, you know, really good at looking spooked and saying weird things and being scary. And drawing creepy pictures. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dude, I'm, get, I'm starting to get pissed off every time I see a kid draw a picture oh my God. in a horror movie. It's like, let's just stop. Me too. Yeah, they gotta draw the line on this. Cause it, I mean, uh, yeah, we you know we I think we're gonna talk about Pet Cemetery soon, and that was the same thing. Like I mean, how many, this it's getting annoying by seeing these kids in there. It was also in Us and Pet Cemetery. Granted, I think in Us, Jordan Peele probably did it with his tongue in his cheek, knowing like oh, I'll throw a horror movie trope in here. But yeah, but that's a really good point of comparison. I, f- I feel like the way Jordan Peele uh, treats kids in Us. Like they're more, they're not just like these um, uh, vulnerable victims who are just like the horse put upon them. They're they're more like in the acting space, and they were like more of a, they were more protagonists versus like in these movies where they're just like these uh, characters that are thrown in for scares. I think that is the right way to go in a horror movie to treat mm-hmm. the kids as actual characters. Yeah, yeah, give them some depth, make them have actions with consequences, and give them a role rather than just yeah. making them these yeah victims. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Bryce. He's your typical kid in a horror film. Stupid Um, idiot, Bryce. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we get some early scares, uh, you know, while, while she's transitioning into this home life. Um, there's one with, uh, Daniela, uh, in, in the bath where, uh, something sneaks up and like kind of grabs her hair, but she's just imagining it. And I think we almost see a breast, but that also might've just been imagined. Um, there's, there's some, uh, there's throughout the, this part, like there's a feeling that something in the house is stalking her, like the vents will turn on and there might be like a face in there. Um, and on, in addition to that, she's getting death threats, like something will attack the door and there'll be like a, a body of, uh, Mercy Black, uh, with like a sign saying, you know, die, uh, because like people dummy, in the town. A dummy of Mercy Black. Oh yeah. Right. A dummy of it. And uh, it's it's from the town people who are kind of like harassing her because they remember this incident going down 15 years ago. Um, what did you think of like the the effects here of like how they were portraying Mercy Black? She was kind of, yeah, like a dummy or like a scarecrow kind of thing. But I don't know. What did you think of all that? You know, it wasn't particularly scary. It was just kind of a maybe a scarecrow with the face of Jason. Like yeah. a Jason mask painted yeah. red. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's I thought it was a little unimaginative. How about you? I agree. It was kind of like a hack. You're right. They they just took like a Jason Max, put it on a scarecrow, and uh, and that was that was Mercy Black. But I feel Mop. like later in the movie they kind of explain why it's like so shabby. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. In this movie's defense, there is a plot point explaining why the mm-hmm. appearance is what it is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, there are also some funny scenes, I think, early on where, you know, she's been uh, away for 15 years and now, like, she's back and she's, like, learning about the internet. And it kind of reminded me of, like, Kimmy Schmidt or something, or just yeah. uh, someone from the 90s trying to catch up. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm going to so, have that theme song in my head the rest of the night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unbreakable. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so then, uh, so yeah, some creepy stuff is going on. Um, but I, I think where the plot starts to pick up is the nephew, Bryce. He starts becoming curious about who is Mercy Black. You know, he's hearing about it, and he knows his aunt was, like, somehow involved in it. And his uh, the, the friendly school librarian, Lily, kind of helps, like, direct him to online where he can learn more about Mercy Black and he kind of like understands like Mercy Black's like the spirit that you can play, pray to and that will protect you. And he starts to like buy into it. And then the next thing you know is he's having a play date and he's starting to hang one of his friends uh, with rope. Uh, and it, he builds like this contraption where like the rope is tied to a doorknob. And so while his mother's trying to open the door, the other side of the rope is like hanging this uh, neighbor kid. And so it's a pretty grim setup. But I guess Mercy Black is like, messed to do up. That. yeah, yeah. And he, and he's saying he's doing it because he's hearing like a voice telling him to do it, right? Yeah, and I think maybe part of his motivation would be the pain of his father leaving when he was young. Oh, good point. I don't point. think he even knows his dad, so I think that might be the pain point that he would want to give to Mercy. Got it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't put that together. That's a good point. Which I think is why he spends so much time at the library as well because his mom is a single mom. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it adds a little bit of character character depth there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think his mom is, you know, upset that this happened. Um, she confronts him, and there, there's a scene where she's trying to convince him that Mercy Black isn't real, and he's trying to say, no, she is, and she's in the house. And suddenly, like, something hits the window, and the mom looks and ends up, like, falling down the stairs and has to be taken away by, by an ambulance. Um, and during this day, Marina had been out and about kind of exploring. She's following this hunch that suddenly she's wondering if Mercy Black actually was real. You know, after so many years in the psychiatric ward, she'd kind of convinced herself it was just her being a kid and this dumb thing they'd done. But she's gone out to explore it a little bit more. And she finds like this bunker that they had gone into as a kid. And she finds like this uh, character that they had created, which was Mercy Black. And that's kind of like the scarecrow with the Jason mask on it. And she realizes that it was just her and her friends like had just made up this whole thing and Mercy Black wasn't real. It was just something that they were using to, you know, as Brian mentioned, um, get rid of some of their pain, whether it was, you know, Marina and her mom dying or her friend and her dad being abusive and that kind of thing. So that's why Mercy Black is kind of um, portrayed as like this, you know, put together, badly put together, you know, shambled kind of scarecrow-ish kind of thing. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting reflection. Like, you know, as an adult, you're seeing this thing that you believed in as a kid and realizing it wasn't what you thought it was. Um, did, did that scene hit for you at all? Yeah, I actually enjoyed that aspect of it. You're never really quite sure if Mercy Black is real or if it's something in um, Marina's head. Yeah. But at this point, as the viewer, you're kind of convinced now that this was all just a, kind of a childhood prank, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I did kind of like that. Yeah, and this is the beginning of a bit of a roller coaster ride. Right. Yeah. Um, so now Marina comes home. Uh, you know, the mother has been taken to the hospital, and it's just her and Bryce now at home uh, by themselves. And Bryce is trying to convince uh, Marina again that you know Mercy Black uh, is real, and she's trying to tell him no, she isn't. It's just something we made up as kids. Um, but then suddenly, like Bryce uh, sees a figure behind her. And before she can turn around, something knocks her out. Um, and Bryce runs outside of the house. And the librarian's out there. Her name is Lily. And she's waiting for him. And she, like, takes his hand. 
And uh, when she does that, you see that half of her finger is missing, which in some of the flashback scenes, we see that one of the girls um, that was with Marina 15 years ago that they were sacrificing, they had cut her finger off. And so I think at this point you realize, oh, shoot, that librarian this whole time was the girl from the beginning that I think we at all assumed it was murdered as part of that sacrifice, right? Correct. Yeah, I had assumed so. Yeah. So suddenly realize like the villain this whole time has been this librarian. She now takes Bryce into the bunker where, you know, they had the the creation of Mercy Black in there. And Marina shows up, uh, a fight ensues, and Marina gets stabbed while the librarian runs after Bryce. Um, at this point, the figure who they had created to like look like Mercy Black, you know, the scarecrow looking thing with the Jason mask, suddenly starts moving around on its own and like attacks Marina. Marina, I think, somehow, like, brings it down. Um, but, yeah, this part was really confusing because we, we just learned that Mercy Black was this childhood imagined thing, and then suddenly we're seeing this figure move around. What what did you think was going on here? I thought, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, now they're, they're going this route and the monster is real. And the librarian, like, 100% believed that yeah. Mercy Black was real and she was willing to sacrifice herself. Yeah. For Mercy Black. Yeah. So yeah, Mar- Marina like runs out and confronts the librarian, and the librarian wants her to to kill her, or yeah, the the librarian wants Marina to kill the librarian because she wants to, like finish the sacrifice that they started fifteen years ago. So yeah, she obviously believes in it. Um, I I was still on the fence. Like, is did did uh, is Mercy Black actually real, or is it just these people being delusional and it was some kind of metaphor? Right, like a collective delusion. Yeah. Exactly. But then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But but then this part, it gets kind of messed up. So uh, Lily's getting ready to kill Bryce, but Marina stops her from doing that. And then in a surprise move, Bryce takes a knife and just, like, stabs Lily right in the eye and kills her. And suddenly the creature of Mercy Black shows up right behind her, and you see she suddenly has an eye in her face. And that's where the movie, I think, ends, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that she had an eye now. Yeah, it zooms into the the Jason mask thing, and suddenly there's an eye in there. And I think it's because Bryce stabbed the librarian in the eye that it now that was like the sacrifice, and now uh, Mercy Black has an eye. Nice. Yeah. So kind of a stab a whole bunch of other stuff. (laughs) I know. What's next? (laughs) Probably a toe. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, kind of a weird ending where I I don't know. I I don't know what to believe. I, I guess Mercy Black was real at the end. Is that is that right? That was my takeaway, yeah. But I know that you always like to think there's maybe something else going on. Well, that, that's what I thought. Like they were kind of hugging that, like is she real or she isn't? But if she uh, is she real or not? But then having her come out at the end, where like all three characters see her, um, I don't know. I, I kind of brought some. Uh, it kind of took the the interpretation away from it. Unless, I mean, I know a key theme that they keep talking about throughout the movie is you need something to believe in to keep you going. And I think it's like a heavy line that's told a few times. Um, And the danger around this movie is that, you know, they all believed in Mercy Black and that's why they saw her. But I I don't know. What what do you think? Do you think it was like pretty two dimensional or like black and white or is there room for interpretation here? Now you got me thinking. I came away from it thinking it was pretty black and white, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm not. I like that you do this, even though sometimes I shut you down. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta throw it out there, you know. Uh, Because I, I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they wanted it to be ambiguous. Um, I I feel like the cheap way, 
I feel like the cheap story is what they what I think a lot of people might take away is that they thought Mercy Black was fake, but oh, at the end, oh man, she actually was real and and she was uh, there this whole time. But um, I, I'd like to think there's a little bit more depth there, and it was kind of opening it up for interpretation. But who knows? Yeah, but that then. This is the kind of thing where I'm like, well, doors were shutting by themselves in the apartment, right? Or in yeah. the house. That's true. A lot of the scary stuff you couldn't really attribute just to this librarian lady. Yeah, but then some of it's, well, this is a horror movie, so things have to shut by themselves. And there <laughs> yeah. maybe isn't logic. Kind of a house on Haunted Hill thing where yeah, at the end it was, well, I won't spoil that movie, but... <laughs> <laughs> there are things that are still unexplainable by the explanation at the ending. Yep. <laughs> like those vats of acid that are sitting around in people's houses <laughs> back then. <laughs> the old vat of acid problem. Yeah. They never explained that. Yeah. Uh, no, you're, you're right. And throughout the movie, they do a good job of kind of balancing that where you do like see figures, um, doors are closing, you see something in the vents looking out. Um, so they definitely build up the idea that there's something supernatural going and then it's kind of like a curveball when they throw it at you, like, oh, it's been this librarian the whole time who's been creating these events to try to get them to believe in it again. But I think overall the director is pointing to this idea of, like, the power of belief and what it can do to people. All right, man, okay. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, hey, what what was in the trash can? Do you remember, like, uh, at some point, like, their house is, like, something's, like, outside and a trash can falls over and the mother sees something in there. Do you remember? Do you know what was in there? The dog died. Or somebody oh. killed the dog. Oh, that's where the dog went. Oh, man. <laughs> ah, man, that sucks. You you were too busy staring at Daniela Pineda. <laughs> I know. That's why I forgot about that dog. You were probably finding her on Instagram to follow her at that yeah. point. <laughs> well, that, that part was going down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, what did you think of the movie overall? You know, man... There's so much in this movie to knock. Like, it's so jump scare heavy. Yeah. And I think the script, for the most part, isn't very good. A lot of the dialogue and the exposition's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned, the monster isn't very creepy, but that little twist at the end with a librarian being the girl who you thought was murdered, Mm -hmm. and now what you're saying, like, was it real or was it not real? (laughs) It was, and I also really liked, um, Bryce's mom's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't talk about him, but he was just kind of ridiculous. He was trying to, he had a dream of making it big off of the true crime story of Marina. Like, he was going to write the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene where he's pretending he's talking to a talk show host in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right before he gets got. And that, yeah. for some reason, I was just really appreciative of that scene. Yeah, yeah, he did add like kind of a comedic uh, flair, which which the movie didn't have overall too much of. So, that was, that was no, nice. it didn't have much of that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, at the end of it all, I slept a two point five on this movie, which was higher than I expected it to be. Oh wow! All right, I actually given like some of the things you said, I, I was surprised. Uh, I thought you might give it a higher review. What What did you give it? Um. Yeah, I think I, I was gonna go with it too. I mean, like the, the jump scares were kind of fun, but you're you're right, it was kind of thin. Uh, and I, I didn't feel like it was heavy enough. And then just having that kid in there really kind of bothered me. It, it didn't feel like uh, anything original from that standpoint. Um, so it, it felt a little bit weak overall. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm giving it two, man. 
that's probably correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on Netflix. Uh, you know, it's 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 worth it if, if you have some time to kill. Uh, not a bad watch, I guess. And, yeah, uh, now that you've had the entire thing spoiled. Yeah, exactly. Well, the one thing we didn't spoil is just how amazing looking Daniela is. I mean, that's that's something you just got to <laughs> see for yourself. <laughs> Can't be put into words. Yeah, really. I mean, we could try. I'd love to I... just, I want to <laughs> know everybody that you're following on Instagram. I'll, I'll get that list over to you. you I, I think, you know, we got The Witch, or, yeah, The Witch, uh, what was that movie? Love Witch, Samantha yeah, the Love Robinson. Witch. Yeah, she hasn't been Chloe very active. Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, Basically yeah. any attractive woman who's ever been in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. You know my type, man. <laughs> I'm just really interested in what their day-to-day life looks like when they're not in these horror films. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah. Anything else to add? No, that's it. All right. Well, that's all for our episode, folks. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about Mercy Black. If you want to join in the discussion, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter. Or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. Leave us a review. We'd love to know what you thought of this episode. And if you have any thoughts on it, we'd love to hear. Uh, Be sure to check Facebook or Twitter for next week's movie in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're headed over to someone's house for a play date, make sure they don't have any uh, long rope hanging around uh, that they're looking to tie to a chair and hang you on. Mm